Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for today. I thank you for uh, historic events. I thank you, Lord, that you've sent us on the earth for such a time as this. We just thank you. We ask for grace. Even the children are excited, Lord. And we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for an impartation of insight and wisdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Okay, yeah, look, as we said before, uh, we've just come out of, well, we've dodged a bullet, I believe, but it was a David Goliath situation. I think $400 million-ish of taxpayers' money uh, are spent on, here we go. Oh, I don't know who's ringing me. Um, hang on, is it the Lord? <laughs> no, no, that was a well done one. All right, so, uh, you know, recruiting of celebrities in the high end of town, I think all major sporting codes, whatnot, you've got the AEC even using the same colours. Uh, as the, it, it, there's, there's so much stuff going on. And uh, like COVID, uh, it's such a divisive issue. And if you voted no, it means you have no compassion or no sense of wanting to bring justice to Indigenous Australia. It's so simplified and so manipulated and obviously so much detail left out uh, that was to be uh, brought to the table at a later date. Uh, we don't really completely knew the implications of treaty and all that sort of stuff. We have an idea. But the, 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 the condescension, the, the lies, whatever, but if this was a, a, an election for a government, what happened yesterday would be considered a landslide. And so, a landslide. When they're calling it in the first hour, yeah, they, come on. <laughs> and so, look, in regards to federal funding and Indigenous issues from domestic violence, uh, child protection issues, and, and, and so many different things, something needs to be done. It's appalling. And then I think that's got to uh, the people who administrate the money and, and some of the things, they're going to have to go through, they're gonna have to, there's going to have to be scrutiny. So I just think that uh, Australia was a resounding no of big government. Um, and I think because there is a move everywhere to, to bring in more regulations and we should just flat out say uh, no to so much, simply because they haven't done a good job so far. I'm just, I'm just being upfront. Um, and so... I want to talk about this very, very issue today is that we're going to, the church has pretty much allowed itself to become so naive, so naive. And, and one of the things is that uh, uh, um, within the paradigm of wisdom is discernment and the ability to hear something and weigh and test. Now, for those who, who are visiting or watching online, haven't, is the Lord wants I, 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 discernment. Because you can have someone who's really presents well or something and something just doesn't feel right. And the best way is that, you know, the best example, and the Lord gave me this. Uh, uh, you've, got a, you've got a beautiful baby. Every baby's beautiful, okay, because they're made in your image, okay. And then, oh, they're so cute. And, and then all of a sudden they're walking around and you just start smelling something that is out of Bolivar uh, sewage plant. And you'll go, and you're looking at this beautiful child. And go, oh, oh my gosh, what's that? You say little Johnny or, uh, 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 or little Sandy or whatever. Little, no, we can't say little Karen, can we? Um, so we'll say Karen. Okay, so, sorry, Karen. So, so, so basically, and it come up like this and they go, have you done something like this? And they're like, you know, no one teaches kids the standard procedure of denial. It's iniquity. So, 
it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, like this. And, and they're all like, oh, so cute. But it's like, my goodness, I'm pick, my nose is picking up something I can't see. You go turn around and you open up the back door. Like, oh, good Lord. And, and that's discerning of spirits. Now, I come from a very, very unusual background. Um, my dad used to say, this is way before it became in vogue, but basically, you know, in, with politicians, you've got to change them the same reason you've got to change babies' nappies. And so, there, but there are so many different things where, where we actually are coming to a place we have to discern. We actually have to be able to weigh something up. And so much legislation and so much propagandising has actually accuses and attacks people who actually don't accept things on face value, that has to change. And so the, the church cannot look to the government as God the Father anymore. N and neither should it, because we are meant to be in Christ and that's a whole nother level. Can someone say amen? <coughs> so we're not meant, I'm not turning this into a cynical exercise, I will not. I wanna go into our, our, our new covenant mandate in Christ and we've actually got to transcend the grassroots poverty level mentality of survival. And we actually have to lay a hold of the mandate in the Lord. So let's just start with very well known scripture, 1 Timothy chapter two. It says here, therefore I exhort or encourage, first of all that, uh, first of all that supplications, prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I just don't think that Lord's saying in this passage of Scripture, uh, uh, someone who's you know, a homeless person and getting saved and now we're gonna get safe someone in, in leadership or authority or governance. I think here there's a link that, that governance, especially kings and those in authority, is a connection to seeing all people saved. So God is not willing that any should perish. But what we've done is we've, we, we, the church, especially as it comes from uh, uh, pulpits, is we've probably neglected the prayer of, uh, for governments for quite some time. We probably have. And what we tend to do, we get self-consumed, crisis comes, and then we pray for government because now it's affecting us. I believe God wants us to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, and make it our priority to make praying for government a priority. So rather than go, yeah, let's get back to, get back to what? Is, it, is the world's changing very quickly and the sons of Issachar recognise the signs of the times? I think that, so, so praying for government and carrying government, so firstly, we're in Christ, you can't do this stuff outside of Christ. And then that Jesus, yes, his eyes on the sparrow, he sees all things, he's not willing that any should perish and go and preach the gospel to the poor, yes, amen. But also too, how the, the, the significance of governance, how it affects, especially these days, uh, uh, every tier of society. Now, I was born late 60s, I mean, like real late. I was plonked in front of a television to see the, the man land on the moon. Um, and uh, in my youth, I remember black and white TV and whatnot, and there was a, we were in the Cold War um, and you had Vietnam and different things like that. I do remember all of that. However, we've come to the back end of a possibly an unprecedented historic prosperity boom 
and freedom in the West. Unprecedented. If you see in history that generally speaking, so we've, we've actually been conditioned where the government's going to look after us. And in principle, that's fine. However, in history, more often than not, governments tend to serve themselves and at the expense of other things. And, and there is, I don't, I'm not gonna bore you with precedence, but, but we, this is why we actually have to be so much more dialed in in the realm of the spirit regarding government and things governance. Very important. So that, that regular prayer. Now, I got a phone call from uh, uh, Peru this week and, um, and people are tripping out over what's happening in the Middle East. And what you've got is a, we gotta do this and we gotta, like, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But what happens is that we're to continually pray for government. Not just a September 11th bubble where everyone attended church for one week, two weeks, through three weeks, and then it fell off the edge of a cliff. That is unsustainable mania. This is what I wanna to address today, is that some of the information and some of the images coming out of the Middle East are as horrific as it, as it comes. And rather than just, just, just all of a sudden a soulish mania, we actually have to make it our priority to regularly and consistently pray for those in government. Can someone say amen? You build that muscle so it's not a boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust. So um, I think too, we are seeing, there's a lot of things, that the, 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 uh, obviously the Yes campaign was, a, was about government money and, and manufacturing consent on so many levels. But unfortunately, we are seeing, you've got to be a little bit, uh, um, not tone deaf, you've got to be a bit gullible and naive to actually believe much of the, the, the main narrative these days. Unfortunately, in plain sight, we are witnessing hectic, hectic government corruption. Hectic. And people get, oh, I don't want no, 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 no. This is what's happening. It's, it affects every part of our world. So uh, uh, um, 20th century was unique because totalitarian, teletubbies, um, totalitarian dictatorships or totalitarian regimes uh, uh, started to emerge where before you had governments would, it would be a, a dictator, let's say, would rule a small group of people or an individual would rule through the threat of force. Whereas in the 20th century, totalitarianism started to emerge where there would be propaganda, there would be psychological, uh, psycho, oh my goodness, what's going on with me? So I didn't have enough sleep. There was a, 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 some snuffleupaguses, no, <laughs> psychological operations. <laughs> and where you, had, you actually divided the people and got, get them to turn on each other. Awful stuff. When I was in Russia, I remember talking to these guys who were in this church, incredible people, but they would say, they would go into North Korea and they would say to these kids when they were in these state schools or whatever it was, these communist officials would go to these kids and say, okay, we're gonna play a game, us and you, but it's a secret, you can't tell your parents. You're gonna go in the house and you're gonna look under the mattress, in the mattress, under every, and you're gonna find a black leather book, obviously being a Bible. And when you find it, you're gonna come and tell us. And they would take that, because their Bibles are illegal in North Korea, and they'd end up the whole family in a labor camp. 
And we've seen that sort of division take place in the 20th century on a whole new level. And so what you have is that we're seeing things with government corruption like never before and the church has allowed itself to become too naive. See, when we do not get involved in the process, then we're gonna get ruled over. And the magical thinking of it, God's got this, He's actually looking to His body to make the difference in Jesus' Name. In the Holy Ghost, in Christ, don't get me wrong. I've done the rage against the machine and that soul realm, it's, exha it's exhausting, gets frustrating. Um, you just have to watch any mainstream media for a good you know, 20 to 40 seconds and you're ready to flip tables and kick the TV in, okay? So, so we've seen unprecedented stuff. Now, I believe you can fact check this, 2013, July the 2nd, I believe a law was passed uh, in America where before that, with the, with the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union is that they, were, they actually practiced propaganda on their own people during the Cold War. And what was funny, everything's in a real Orwellian. So the major newspaper was called Pravda. Who knows what Pravda means? Truth, okay? It's truth. So anyway, is that, that was the major propaganda arm. And so Americans, like, you know, they said, no, we're never gonna do this. But something, there, were, there, were, there were checks and balances in place where, it, but something changed in 2013 where uh, um, it's now fair play to actually propagandize the American citizens. When you look at that, you look at things like this. The, the, the President of the United States, has, does he make any decision on his own? Leaves, I, I could be wrong. Now how much military hardware was left in Afghanistan? 80 billion? 80 billion helicopters, assault weapons, uh, missiles. On what planet is that okay? And you start to see so many crazy things taking place. We're now seeing, you're going, well, is that what, you know, the, let's just start with government corruption. On a st stated plain view is now we're in an era where they call it the private-public partnership. In other words, massive, massive, massive companies around the world actually massively influence government and public policy and it's to benefit the private companies. So you have, Couple of planes going to the Twin Towers, awful, awful, awful stuff. I don't know how they tied it to Saddam Hussein, but most people go, yeah. I remember sort of like, you know, like maybe at the time, the average American go, what I wanna know is, what is our oil doing under their sand? <laughs> and there's this crazy affirming at the mouth patriotism that is whipped up. And what's one thing got to do with another? At the end, one of the biggest benefactor was Halliburton. You're seeing at the moment, you've got America is in recession, maybe worse. The borders are being opened to refugees, young men of fighting age, okay, left, right and centre, while they're sending billions and billions and billions of dollars off to the Ukraine. And we, this, this is crazy. Oh, and by the way, Ukraine is pretty much destroyed, but BlackRock, they will be a very key part in the rebuild. Friends, this is what we're seeing now. And only, only the King of glory functioning through His prophets, apostles, His churches, ecclesia will see this change in Jesus' Name. Can someone say Amen? This is the structure. Corporatocracy, oligarchy, you name it, which I tried to then. Um, it's happening. So, so, 
we, we can't be naive. We need to be able to weigh up what's going on. And I want to address some of those things in a minute. I want to build a clear uh, biblical uh, um, you know, foundation for this. We're going to read a, a couple of passages in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is very unique, very unique. Very nearly didn't get in the canon of Scripture. Uh, you know, there are people who are against it. You've got, I've been looking into this stuff. It's very, very interesting. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at two things about the book of Revelation that sandwiches, it's at the right at the beginning and right at the end and talks about things. Uh, let's start with Revelation chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Who bore witness to the Word of God, that's John, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near or the time is at hand. So this is unique. There's no other, apart from laying a hold of wisdom, really to that, 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 that condition. If you read Revelation, you study it, you understand it and keep it, you are blessed. That's a big deal. So that would behoove many people to, be actually, to study it. So, so, so rather than just saying, oh, this is gonna happen in the future, it's a lot more nuanced and layered than that. Then right at the end of Revelation, we have this next one. It says, and he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. So Daniel, in the book of Daniel said, seal up, seal up the words of this book or prophecy until the end, right at the time of the end. But here it says, don't seal it up. In other words, Revelation had relevant uh, uh, information in it, warnings, and it was applicable to that generation who received it. It really, really was. And so we have, we have that you're blessed if you read, understand and keep it, but don't seal it up. So there was a sense of immediacy. The time is at hand, the time is near, the time is at hand, the time is near. So, so you then digging into Revelation, going, wow, if I understand something, that it actually, according to the Word of God, it invokes a blessing. That's a, that's a really big statement because the Bible is the most classic uh, 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 um, collection of books with understatement. Understatement. There's no hyperbole in the Word of God. It's, it's understated. Hyperbole is quite a new phenomenon. Wow, awesome, amazing, radical. And what? It was a peanut butter sandwich. Okay. And we're back then, God created the multiverse. It is good. And we're like, is that all? And sort of, where's the, where's the hyperbolic exaggeration, Lord? Well, what happens is that we've actually deconstructed the, the value of language and we've actually devalued it by exaggerating, etc. So, so you got here, if you read it and understand it and keep it, you're blessed. Don't seal up the words of this book because it's, it's right at the very, very door. So then we have something very, very interesting that, that, that's something that screams at us. Now, one of the things is this. I'm gonna go talk about a little bit of scriptural realities. Things are overt. They're in the open, they're obvious, but people who are hungry and dig and knock and seek and ask know that in the language of the Spirit so much in the Word of God is implied, but it's concrete. For example, the Trinity. It's implied. Baptise in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, the, uh, Jesus' baptism under John the Baptist. Very, very clear. You know, even to the point now, you know, obviously God the Father, God the Son. And then it says in Corinthians, now the Lord, the, the, now the Lord is the Spirit. With the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty or freedom. So it's implied. So, so, so what we find is you've got all these people just, just saying, look, I'm just going to chuck out all of the Old Testament and the prophets. I'm just going to do New Testament. Well, what happens is that the Old Testament actually 
gives us understanding because, it, because the Word of God self-references and algorithms back and forth. If you wanna understand the book of Revelation, you need to study the Old Testament prophets. This is inc- it's incredible fact. And so I've never been more excited about the Old Testament prophets because God spoke through them and Jesus fulfilled them. So what we're gonna read now is something that is screaming at us, yet it's in that implied category. But if we, it says to him who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, this is what we need. So you're blessed if you read, understand and keep the words. Also as well, not just that, you're not just blessed, is that there's a sense of immediacy. So what we're gonna do, Revelation 21, let's go there, please. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, look at this. I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. This mountain's in the spirit, friends. And it's the same mountain that you read about in Ezekiel. It's the same mountain that you read about uh, in Exodus 15, where God will plant His people in the mountain of His inheritance and so on and so forth. Yes, there's a natural Mount Zion, but this is in the Spirit. And this is why we say, uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 to 24, but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. In the Spirit is a mountain and the scepter will never depart Zion. Rulership comes out of the mountain. And He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall with 12 gates, 12 angels, we know it's 12 pearls, and the names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three on the north, three gates on the south and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length and great, uh, is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, height are, and, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits. How many, how many is 104? Is that 12 12s? Interesting. According to the measure of a man that is of an angel. So here we have, this is why we need wisdom. The Lord's saying, okay, in the spirit, we've seen all these intense conflicts. We've seen the, the seven seals broken, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, seven, 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 seven. And now, right now in the fulcrum, we're seeing the, the bride, the lamb's wife. And a high, there's a high mountain in the spirit, but then between the dimension of that high mountain and the earth is the, is, is the, is the heavenly Jerusalem manifesting. And it is completely 12s everywhere. 12 is the number of governments. If we read Revelation and get an understanding and keep the words, we get a blessing. And I believe this is very, very important. This is very key. I believe, you know, Solomon asked for wisdom to govern, to administrate heavenly realities in a fallen world. God was so pleased He gave him everything, but it was wisdom to govern. And I think that we are going to be coming back into an era where prophets don't just have conferences 
and speak to prophets. I believe we're coming into a period of time we are seeing prophets will speak to kings and rulers and governments again in Jesus' Name. I believe that's returning. Where they do nothing without consulting the prophet because we, 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 we've seen too much of a disconnect because we, it can't be, can't just be, I'm not just saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a, you know, purely a cottage industry. We need prophets. We need to honour the prophetic, uh, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. But God is, remember it says the government will be on His shoulders. It's not on our shoulders. It's on His shoulders. We're in Him. He carries it in Jesus' Name. So this is not, oh, we're gonna go work harder and do more. No, we actually have to reorientate our inner world to lay a hold of the realm of the spirit and see what the Lord is saying. So here we have this really, really interesting situation where we have to do it in the Spirit first. This, but I wanted to really honour the volunteers who were at the coalface. I mean, we had this ongoing chat. Oh, the abuse some of our, those at the polling booth endured. I think someone said to one of our people said, you'll burn in hell for this. And, and, and things like that, there was, we're talking because the, the PSYOP made everything very emotive and if you vote no, you, you're racist and you hate the indigenous, which is just rubbish. Um, and, and we need boots on the ground. But I cannot emphasise this enough. In impossible situations like rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the wall, uh, uh, seeing a kingdom of heaven established on the earth, the primary spiritual law is it is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This is why he went up a mountain in the spirit and the new Jerusalem manifested in the spirit. We've just got to be able to get the tension right in our faith, our prayer and our praxis to manifest things appropriately and not get so disassociated in, in a heavenly dimension where we're just, you know, it's all about us. Now, when someone has insider trader knowledge, Maybe like a government, uh, maybe like a US senator. Um, <laughs> you need to take note. And so, so what's happened is today I'm coming against an orphan poverty mentality in the church that's allowing cycles to perpetuate. It has to be broken. We can't, we can't go, yeah, what a victory. Yeah, let's celebrate it. It was David, David and Goliath, it was. But we have to now say yes to heavenly governance through the body of Christ but there was someone who had insider trader knowledge. And if you have a look at this insider trader knowledge, it's very, very interesting. We've had discussions with our kids and other people is that, you know, why did Solomon have such hectic wisdom and yet he made such poor personal choices? Is that he had wisdom, but not for himself. He had incredible gift of governance and it says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you, you, you keep the Word of God and you, you actually do it, you'll be called great. And not, and not teach people to break the least of these commandments, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to get into all the technicalities of that. And so we have here, obviously, a fallen cherub had insider trader knowledge and they prospered for a while until they were filled with violence from within and, and iniquity got a hold of them. So here we have someone with insider trader knowledge. He's making a very, very implicit statement inside himself. Let's go Isaiah 14, 12 to 16. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Uh, how you are cut to the down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Next minute. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. So it's very, very interesting that the thing that stands out to me is the fact that Lucifer was obsessed with sitting on the mounts of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. In other words, he understood the seat of government, the portal that overlooked the universe was location, location, location. And if he knew the power of occupying that mountain, that place of governance and authority, that portal, what is the church doing? Are we scratching around the ground or are we, because it's very, very clear that everything we need exists in Christ in heavenly places, which is Zion, which is Psalm 91. Is it saying the same thing in different ways? But instead of saying, I will uh, 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 um, enter His gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise, who may ascend the holy hill of the Lord, He has clean hands and a pure heart and not a sworn deceitful lifted up His heart to an idol, is that we, 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 we sort of, we haven't gone into that place of spiritual governance. Remember the book of Revelation, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. If you read here, keep and understand it, right? You'll be blessed and don't seal up the words of this book. The church has rejected governance. So what we have, we have these cycles that are perpetuating and I would, I would dare I say, the cycles can look like uh, flipping between revival or rapture. Revival or rapture. And I'll tell you what, I think we have put our hope in the Lord. I understand that. But that can be a cycle of an orphan spirit and a poverty mentality when Jesus says, I'm in you now. I'm calling to rule and reign, calling you to rule and reign in me now with a rod of iron. I am calling you to do these things where subconsciously people have been programmed to just wait, wait, wait. And then you've had this, you know, even if you go, oh, we got through COVID, a lot didn't. A lot didn't. Average deaths, infertility, we're talking devastating. And, and it's like, well, it, you know, it didn't affect me or my family. Oh, well, I'm, I'm okay, Jack. Hello? If we're called to be in Christ, the world is our parish. The world is our concern because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so, so this is this, uh, 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 an indisputable reality is that what concerns the Lord should concern us. And that's the entire earth. And so, so rather than just going, ah, oh, move of God, move of God. Oh no, it's getting pretty dark. No, we're just gonna hang in there. We're called to govern. We are called to occupy Zion. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24, I've said it ad infinitum. But you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, innumerable company of angels and so on and so forth. This is what's so exciting. This is why Tabernacle of David, worship, connecting with the Lord, meditating, all these spiritual practices are, are, are indispensable indispensable for, for seeing things change. It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's uh, Psalm 91 is that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I said before, uh, uh, Psalms 110 verse two, the Lord shall send the, the scepter of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. So we need to bust these cycles. In other words, oh wow, just that was a historic thing. Amazing, let's celebrate it and be excited and use it as a spiritual precedence. But we can't go back to dwelling in the valleys and having darkness rule over us because we've refused to rule. 
we actually, when we start, especially if you're a prophetic intercessor, is that you're not stuck on the ground praying up into principalities. Is that you are on Mount Zion and the most dominant point of contact between God's kids and the enemy is the bottom of our feet on the top of His head. This is what it states. This is what it says. We don't enthrone Him and, and all that sort of stuff because the realm of the Spirit is very, very, it, it's very nuanced. You manifest what you believe. You manifest what you believe. This is why it says, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. So we can't just meditate on, on rubbish all the, uh, all the time or, or go into cycles of fear or whatever because it starts getting established in our heart and that is the vehicle, that's the vehicle how things manifest on the earth. Jesus made it very clear in, in Mark 11 and, uh, uh, um, and nine as well. Okay, landing the plane, hallelujah, oh yeah. So we're coming out of, a, of a, an era of unprecedented prosperity. Now there's, there's you know, some sayings doing the trap, doing the round, sorry. Uh, you know, like easy times make weak men, make weak women. And you know, that could be true. <laughs> uh, uh, but we've come out of unprecedented prosperity. And what you have in a lot of the church is people have been obsessed with personal prosperity and not really cared about the bigger picture. We're coming out of that. Now, don't get me wrong, the, the pendulum does swing. I love faith preachers. I love people that have demonstrated things. I like the things, some of the things that came out of the charismatic movement. We need those things. Poverty is not a gift from God. Can someone say amen? It is not a gift. Because when you don't have provision, you're always thinking about provision. And you can't, you, you, you know, uh, uh, but the, the hyper prosperity is a little bit too much. There's, 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 a, there's a nice happy medium and that is having enough to do the will of God in your life. Okay, so here we have, this is why it's so important. You see these nuanced things. Is that, is that one of the things is we tend to treat the book of Acts as our soul template, our soul template. So you go like this, you go, well, they, just, they weren't interested in governance. They just did revival, just got souls saved. Brilliant, fantastic. But what I'm saying is the whole canon of Scripture has incredible wealth and wisdom and insight and pre precedent to data mine and also reference because what you have is that the emphasis was getting the church established. That's really what it was. And you know, you've like, like even Jesus, you know, uh, he sent the messenger boy to Herod. He says, tell that fox. He rebuked him. You know, I'm gonna do, I'll do this, this, and then this is gonna happen. So, uh, so rather than just saying, what's well, the book of Acts is it? We need to reference precedent in the kingdom. You actually can reference things like Sol Solomon. Lord, I need wisdom to govern. He goes, here you go. Wow, like seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you actually works and is in principle. What about crazy outpouring of blessing? These blessings will overtake you. What we just can't use is the old covenant. That's what we wanna, that's what we do not, do not want to uh, reference. And that was in many ways to point to Christ. But I tell you what, a lot of the, lot of the things that took place were basic human nature and there's a lot of, uh, things that we can actually draw from that. So this is a context where God says, go back, leave captivity and rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the temple and so on and so forth. And what happened in the book of Haggai, this is, they, they chose not to do that. They went, we're gonna look after me first. I'm gonna look after me first. And I think we're being delivered of that in this generation. We don't have the luxury, we don't have the luxury 
To say just my personal prosperity, all this, all this crazy injustice taking place, I just don't think we do. I think we're gonna discover like never before uh, 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 Jesus, when Jesus said, seek first, he, he said, please don't get consumed with your personal needs, God knows it. But what happens, there's not enough power source in that soulish dimension of anxiety for you to get delivered of a $5 debt. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things, location, location, location. In Zion, in Zion, there will be holiness, deliverance and people will possess their possessions. It's locational. We're already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. So here we have precedent where people said, we know God's mandate, but we're gonna look after us. And this is what happened. Haggai chapter one. Thus speak the Lord of hosts. This, this people says, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and brought in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. But when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. And so this, this time of, of just personal prosperity, it's not gonna go into this next era, it will not. We actually have to go, Lord, but, but I wanna really, really make a distinction that I have many times, but it's beneficial. Not everyone is called to politics. Politics is one expression of governance. Yet we are all called to continually pray for government because we're in an era where totalitarianism, centralised authority is continually not creeping, but galloping right in the face of the church. And this is why it's not, God's got this, no, like this. These guys will just make wise decisions. At the moment right now, I believe, you know, someone just told me, so many people are calling for Albanese's resignation. Simply because what, how much money it cost. And just, the, 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 while we were in parliament the week they were debating it, they, wouldn't ask, they didn't answer one question. They, they stuck on a script. The condescension of it, the deceit, the fact that there were more details that would have been unveiled the week following a possible yes vote. You got to be kidding. Why would you vote for something permanent, a change without all the details? We are seeing the centralisation of government power. And I'll tell you what right now, we need to start to see a centralisation of people manifesting Zion. Again, I wanna to talk to prophetic intercessors. The key to seeing things change will be completely dependent of how many people repent. Because, you know, you know when I look, so, so, so God has a plan for Israel. I believe that. But then you look at, you, you, you've got corrupt governments and the people always are the ones cop it in the neck. You've got little kids trained in Gaza to hate Jews from birth. 
and they had to kill them. And then you go, whoa, like this. It's not that simple. And so what you have as, a, as, as an intercessor, if you are one, is we need to see the Spirit of God come and visit people and call them to repentance. We can't just be pushing a political agenda. If the Liberal Party gets corrupt, then, the, then God will leave that camp. It's not about Liberal or Labour, it's about righteousness. It's about, can someone say Amen? And the church is the salt and the light. We are Jesus' body on the earth. This is what's so exciting. And we've seen in one short period of time that uh, 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 people, when they believe and pray and are united, can get anything done. This is what's been, because I tell you what, I just, this stuff shoved down my throat ad nauseum. Oh my goodness, it was completely ridiculous. So, oh, shika bamba. All right. So, uh, uh, I'll give you two examples. And we won't do any more scripture, um, so you can rest your little fingers. Uh, 2020. So please don't think I'm this sort of, you know, uh, uh, um, epic governmental uh, uh, figure, because I do function on felt need. In other words, I really didn't care too much about government until 2020, and then I found that on bad advice, corrupted advice, the government made decisions that completely changed my world. From the computer modelling says, to two weeks to flatten the curve, lockdowns, etc. And I'm like, never again, never again. And because we have some insight and some of the behind the scenes, some decisions seem like they were almost on a rock, paper, scissor level. And if the church is sort of like, yeah, we're just waiting for the Lord to come back. Sort of, hey, you know, we, hope, hope it happens, bro. In the meantime, we are to make disciples of the nations. In the meantime, we're to do the Great Commission. And it's to, 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 it says that we're called to preach the gospel of the poor, but we're also meant to be taking those mountains and those gates in the Spirit. So we prayed like crazy. We prayed like cra- crazy. We formed an intercessory group that we met regularly. And we're talking, I, t- I tell you what, I've never, <laughs> I don't maybe... I probably haven't prayed for Nicholas Spurious since, um, but <laughs> Grant Stevens or whoever, uh, uh, maybe I should. But what happened is this. We started engaging in the Spirit. We started engaging in the Spirit. When you engage in the Spirit, what happens? You invest. When you make an investment, there's equity. And you actually start to invest time. If you wanna know where your heart is, it's what you invest in. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So all this prayer, so it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And then after 12 months, supernaturally, because 12 months through prophetic dreams, visions, we did courts of heaven, we did generic intercession, all sorts of task praying, spirit-led stuff, week in, week out, week in, week out. Then after our hearts said, yes, to Christ governing through the prayers of the church. Once we had invested, then supernatural doors opened for Field of Dreams. It was spectacular and it has been spectacular. You know, uh, uh, we almost might have to, you know, uh, uh, we could say we're, 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 you guys pretty much Feast of Booths, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> the amount of volunteers is crazy. But the point is, is we prayed. We prayed and then God says, I'm gonna open a door because you've made an investment. You've made an investment. That's why we have such favour 
but it's not about any particular party per se. It is about the hand of God on men and women of God who are, who are prepared to allow spirit of righteousness, to shut down this rubbish. I was telling my dad today, I said, you know in Australia, a child can be aborted on the day of its birth. He goes, what? I'm thinking, what sort of hole have you been living in, Dad? What sort of, like that, that, how can God bless a nation that does it to its own? And so what, what took place, we prayed and then God opened door after door after door after door and He's still opening doors. But it started being birthed in prayer and having a concern. Not everyone is called to politics, but we are all called to govern and pray for governance all the time, all the time. Not just get emotionally whipped up and ah, unsustainable. It's our station. It has to be our station as a church. And you only need a Gideon's army to change history. Shika, bamba. I'm gonna finish with this story because I know that behind the scenes, because today the, the pointy end of the stick is people need to regularly invest in the Spirit. Pray for Israel, pray for the Middle East, pray for revival, pray for repentance, pray for this government. <laughs> pray for, <laughs> I just had to edit machine kick. Okay, uh, um, um, as unto the Lord. But our history could have been quite different. <sighs> Governments, hey? Here's an interesting one. Look up Operation Northwoods. That'll, that'll, that'll uh, uh, curl your hair, okay? That was declassified in the 90s, I think. This is in America. But you had a real problem in the Cold War. It nearly became a hot war because you actually had the U-2 spy plane, right? Goodness me, whenever you look at weird names of bands that come from somewhere, U-2, you know, it's named after a spy plane. Foo Fighters, UFOs, come on. And so, um, and so U2 spy plane picked up that there were lots of uh, nuclear installations in Cuba, just off the coast of Florida in the early 60s when Kennedy was in power. And so you had this whole thing with the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, it was, it was just awful, it was a disaster. But this is, what's re this is really, really interesting, is that communication isn't what it is today. And so you have tension, they call it brinkmanship. So when everyone sort of like, is, you're on a hair trigger. You're on a hair trigger, sort of like, wow, you know, you've got, you've got these uh, 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 nuclear installations in Cuba just off the coast of America and like that. All of these nuclear weapons can be fired and de devastate American population. So it's brinkmanship and it's like a game of chess, but you just one move at a time and everything's on edge. And back then they're teaching kids that if you duck and cover, get under your desk, you know, you, you, you won't be blown to smithereens and Oppenheimer would not agree with that. So anyway, basically, is that at the height of this, there was a Russian submarine off the coast of Cuba. And I think uh, 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 what happened is they're aware there were submarines off the coast of Cuba. And, and so they started dropping depth charges. So those things sort of like, you know, uh, uh, underwater to destroy submarines. And I think they were aware there was particularly one there at the time. This is around this, this time of nuclear tension. So there was this one submarine that uh, there, was, there was three in control. One was Vasily uh, Arkhipov, Vasily Arkhipov. And so you had, the, here's the problem, whether it was the depth charger, this was a diesel powered submarine, it lost its communications with headquarters. And all of a sudden you've got uh, a submarine losing power, losing oxygen, heating up, bombs going around, all around it. They said it's like hitting the side of the submarine with a sledgehammer. 
And so the people on board, the commanders were convinced that nuclear war had just taken place. They were convinced that America were now doing a full on assault. And what they did is they had I had a, 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 a checks and balances. There was three commanders. This one was the 2IC. And all three commanders had to sign off on, of deploying, I think, 10 kiloton nuclear warhead. They've been cut off from command, central communication. Bombs are going off and two of the three saying, we are gonna die, we need to fire this nuclear warhead now. Clearly the war started and we cannot disgrace ourselves nor Russia. Do you know what would have happened? So this one, the second in charge says, no, I'm not convinced we've got to hold back. And I'll tell you what, they went him, they went him. And this guy said, no, I will not sign off on this. Two of the three and multiple crews saying, we've got to release this nuclear warhead. And he said, we, he said, no, I'm not gonna sign off on it. And as it turns out, obviously they were just depth charges. World War III hadn't started. But if, if this one guy read the writing on the wall, depth charges, running out of oxygen, a, a failing submarine, if he said yes, they would have fired a nuclear weapon, whether it was an aircraft carrier or somewhere else, and we would have seen World War Three and a nuclear winter now. One man, one man. You can't tell me there were not intercessors around the world. You cannot tell me there were not people in Zion coming before the King of glory and bringing judgments in the Spirit to shut this down. We could have seen the world completely destroyed, the soil up to this day sterilised. Nuclear fallout. And I'll tell you what right now, there were a lot of, of nuclear warheads going around and it would have started a bombing frenzy across the world. What I'm saying, friends, is sometimes it only takes one person to change history. And do not undersell who you are, who you are in Christ, and that God has called you to govern. I believe we've seen the Lord move. It was a landslide. It was a David versus Goliath. There's so many levels and nuances to it. The, I listened to some embittered uh, uh, um, professors and activists pretty much calling for a communist uprising. Yes, yep, pretty much pushing that. And so this isn't just going away. It's a war in the spirit for the hearts and minds of a nation that God has, God has called to be a leader in the nations. God has called Australia to be a leader in the nations. Can someone say amen? This is exciting, but we have to, we have to. Can we put the, the, the worship pads on please? Get your communion, hallelujah. It is a good day, it is a good day. You know, I am really encouraged by so many parts of the body of Christ ramping up the soul winning. 
really. We need to win souls. He who wins souls is wise. But also too, there's another expression of wisdom and that is this, Zion, the gates up in the mountains and governance. And God is calling at least us as a church to engage that by faith and see the Lord govern through His people. Otherwise we will be stuck in cycles because the government is looking to please its financial backers in some respects. We have to see corruption completely driven out of the government mountain in the nations because it's always the poor, the copper in the neck. Whether it's a a Palestinian child, an Israeli child in a kibbutz, minding his own business, what does that do to the heart of God? What I'm saying is that we need to engage by faith prophetically this mandate and not just have a soulish mania that lasts for three weeks because we saw some images on TV. We actually have to do it in the Spirit We have to occupy this because we can be part of the birthing of the manifestation of the glory of the Lord on the earth, Jesus on the earth. He's coming back, it says, for a bride without spot or blemish. And so we're in that journey. Who's excited? Come on. Lord, I just thank You today. We just thank You for all the intercessors, all the intercessors in this last, the previous weeks and all the volunteers. We just thank You. We thank You for, Lord, we just believe that it is a catalyst for Australia waking up and not going back to sleep. We thank You for a spirit of unity in this country. We just pray right now that there is a level of healing and also to a level of repentance. In Jesus' Name, bless this community to our bodies, Amen. such a, there was, that was Davidic. Rachel just sort of like, she sort of like, she took her hands off the steering wheel and watched you guys drive. But that's what it should be like. There's something Davidic taking place. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. But there is, there is a generation of souls. And, and, and regardless of your calling or station, you cannot be self-serving, which leads to corruption. We need to be a generation whose heart is after God with a heart after God in Jesus' Name. I tell you what, just stand to your feet as we finish, just stand to your feet. What I'm gonna get you to do, don't throw your little cup over someone's head. What I'm gonna get you to do, I want us to offer up a shout of praise to the Lord in a minute for, for I believe yesterday was supernatural. I really, really do. And I just think that, that I just want us to be grateful. I know that Kim and Nell and others were at this, this, this intercessory conferences and they would have prayed like crazy and many, many other people. But we've just got to give thanks to the Lord for seeing Him do something. And let's believe it is the beginning of a new era in Jesus' name. Can we offer up a shout of praise? Come on.
Praise God. Have a great day. Don't forget Tuesday night's back on.